kind of to make it work last week. I just split it up into sections. Welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast, where we are here to give you all the news and updates and insights on everything Dallas-Fort Worth sports, but also, we are here to also admit that we understand when we have said things that we should not have said, and we will also admit when we are wrong. And uh, the first thing I would like to say is I want to apologize to... Anyone who thought that I was ungrateful that you are one of our listeners. Um, I, 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 I got into the heat of the moment last week whenever we were talking about Colin Kaepernick, and I said something several times that I should not have said. Um, and I don't want anyone out there to think that just because you disagree with my stance on whether the Cowboys should have brought in Colin Kaepernick or not— um, that you that your opinions are wrong about that situation and that's not what I was trying to say I was just I was I was just very heated and I was very in the moment and um I'm not apologizing for saying how I like what I felt but I am apologizing for how I handled the situation if what I was trying to say was is if you did not want Colin Kaepernick playing for the Cowboys strictly because of the distraction that he would bring and the the media circus that that would create, that is not a good enough reason to not bring in Colin Kaepernick and at least give him a try. But if what you thought was a legit football reason, and one thing that I did not take into account last week is that he would also have to pass a COVID test. And with everything that's going on right now, that's huge. So he wouldn't. There's no way he would have been ready for that game in the first place. Um, and uh, and that that game that yeah. game being the game against the Eagles, there was no way he would have been ready. And if you just want to be all like, if you really want to get honest about it, like it, it, there's it doesn't matter who was at quarterback that week because I'm, because that offensive line was not protecting for right, shit. Right. Well, so. When I was saying, like, bring him in, I was meaning more along the lines of <sighs> Andy Dalton's not working either. You know, I know, I know. Pre, but pre, pre-concussion. Yeah, pre-concussion. All this was pre-concussion. The, the one thing that I'm not apologizing for saying that you need to bring in Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, okay. That is not – I am not apologizing for that. I still think that that is a viable option, especially knowing what we know now and how awful that offense looked. In that game, but we'll get to that in a second. I wanted to make sure that I don't want anyone out there listening to think if we still have listeners after last week. And I really like I, 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 like I, I cannot apologize anymore because later on, like I just, I like I just felt so bad about it, and I know I like I should have handled the situation better. I just once again, I was just heated in the moment. As long as you have a legitimate football argument against Colin Kaepernick. I want you to come and give us that feedback, but if you want to, if you want to just come at us and say that, oh well, his distraction and 
everything that he would bring in the circus and all that stuff, that's not a good enough argument for me. That just seems like that you're just being prideful at this point. And everyone in the league already does this anyway. This is this is it's it's the norm now to kneel for the anthem, to raise your to raise a clenched fist during the anthem. Just whenever Colin Kaepernick started doing it, we just weren't ready for it. And that's why he like that's that, that that's not the only reason why he's not getting his chance because if you look at his numbers, they're not good numbers. Like it's 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 um it it was it's just one of those things that if you like it's not just the distraction, but it was also how poorly he played there towards the end of his career, where people aren't giving him the chance that. I, I like I still think that he deserves, but I also get why if you if you bring solid football arguments to the case, you're not wrong. You are not wrong, and I get it. And also with COVID and everything, and uh, as we saw, the Cowboys are bringing in Cooper Rush, which it makes sense why they would do that because he was their former backup under uh, Kelvin Moore, who is still their offensive coordinator. Kellen. Kellen Moore, excuse me. Yeah. Under Kellen Moore, who is still their offensive coordinator, so it would not be that big of an adjustment for him to come back, already knowing the system and knowing the players. Is Kellen Moore a Colin Kaepernick? No, no, he is not. But he is an easy fix to a to a very complicated problem that the Cowboys have right now, because Ben DiNucci is not the answer. But really, there's not a whole lot of people that really I think could be an answer for this team right now because the offensive line it just looks awful and I think that it doesn't matter who was under center for that game I think that they would have struggled regardless it's just Ben DiNucci's just the guy that has to, to he's got to be the one that's going to have the, pin, the 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 finger the finger pointed at him right now just because he's the only person that was really under center at that point right I mean if you look at it Ben DiNucci had 219 passing yards uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't have like it, like he didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game. No interceptions either, but no touchdowns. No touchdowns. And he was of course, sacked seven times. Yeah, and see, and that's Andy, that's Andy Dalton in three games had four hundred fifty-two passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and seven sacks. Yeah, so I mean, maybe Ben DiNucci might be the better answer than Andy Dalton, but I mean, maybe Ben DiNucci's not going to take the same risk that Andy Dalton would because Andy, Andy Dalton is the he's he's played in those situations before. Yeah, so I I. Just this will be the last time that I say this, but I I am grateful for every listener that we have, and I want you to stick with us through this ride right now because this is something that I'm learning how to do on the fly as well. Like we're not we're not rehearsing anything beforehand. We're not doing it. We just we just sit down, we press record, and whatever we're feeling in the moment is what we're saying. And um, I I really am sorry for getting overheated and not explaining my side of the argument. I just instantly went to don't listen to us if you if if you think I'm wrong, and that is completely misguided, and that is not how I feel. And I want you all to know if you are still listening to us, then I want you to tell your friends about it, and I want you to continue to come with us on this journey because this is a learning experience for me just as much as it is for you. Um, and so I just I just want everyone out there to know that I like I like I am sorry for for how I said what I said. And um yeah, I think that just to kind of get it out of the way, I just think we just need to dive straight into the Cowboys just because oh my gosh, how bad was that? As and I just want to say as um one of the 
listeners that we have. <laughs> yeah. Apology accepted. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, oh god, I was only able to watch the second half. Well, I actually I watched because I was I was in a wedding. But oh god, I was I watched the first half, and even still, that like even though the Cowboys went into the locker room leading at the end of the half, I still just did not feel good about it because I was mm-hmm. it it didn't even feel like that it was a rivalry game. It just felt like the Cowboys and the Eagles both were just out there just playing because really, if you want to get down to it, like. If you look at any other division game, it looked like it was a rivalry game for first place. Well, yeah, exactly. If you look at and see, it's it's also in the NFL. The beautiful thing is, is it doesn't matter how bad. Well, really, in sports in general, not just in the NFL, but in sports in general, it doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. If you're playing a division rival and it truly is a division rival. And you're uh, like, let's just take it to what the Cowboys and the Eagles had is if you were playing for first place record be damned. You're going out there, and you're the two best football teams on the planet in that moment, especially playing Sunday night football and all that stuff. Like, it, like the the lights were shining brightest. Even though it's the NFC East, you still don't know what's going to happen between two rivals. Yeah, and it just looked like that they were just out there just playing a game just to win it. It's not. It, it's it's it. What well, it didn't there seem didn't like look it like was. There it, was any any kind of fire. No, there was no. Anything. There was no. There was no. Um, uh, motivation to win that game yeah. other than just to win it. Like it, it had yeah. nothing to do with yeah. beating the Eagles or beating the Cowboys or getting first placed in this division. It didn't look like that. It didn't feel like that. Everyone was just kind of going through the motions and it was, it was a very boring first half. It was. And even still that last field goal that was made, it was a 59 yard field goal. And that was awesome. But that was the ugliest field goal that I've ever seen. And it's, <laughs> it's like it, it or the ugliest made field goal that I think that I've yeah, ever I was seen. Yeah. say, and uh no yeah there's been way worse but uh You've but never it, seen me kick a field goal <laughs> i know i know i've never and, tried uh, and see i have and those were the worst field goal attempts <laughs> ever <really. laughs> like i thought that i could whenever i was in middle school i thought that i could just show up and just try out to be the kicker and things are going to be fine you know how hard could it be to kick <laughs> and i kick it and it goes like backwards <laughs> <laughs> you Charlie Brown it, dude. I'm tell. I I wish I could have Charlie Browned it. It would have been better for me and my pride. <laughs> and I'm not be like I'm not making a joke here. I kicked it and hit the ground and went backwards. Like I swear to God. <laughs> so even still, like I I had zero confidence in either one of these teams, and that's why it was so crazy that by the time I got home and I got settled, I turned on the game and it was. It, it it had already gotten out of hand in such a short amount of time. Like, yeah. it just, like, it, it's, it's I, like, I didn't even see what happened in the second half that led up to that point, but I saw the end of the game, and that that was just awful, and that was horrible to watch in and of itself. And so, I it's just, I, I even if Colin Kaepernick was the starting quarterback in that game, like, you could not expect him to do anything with it. It, no. it would not... I don't even think if Dak Prescott was under center for that game, it would have mattered. No, probably not. Because, I mean, their offensive line, like, just looked awful. It was bad. It's It's been... There's been a lot of things, and uh, the the biggest is Colin... Or, not Colin. Uh, the biggest Freudian issue, slip. Yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. Freud was a guy that... Uh, I'm sorry, just go on. The biggest issue... 
<laughs> I'm like, are you really going to make me explain what a Freudian slip is? Go, just go Google it. Is that where you're like you're trying to throw the football and it just slips out of your hand and you fumble yeah, it? Yeah, Freud was a quarterback back in the twenties, and he was. It was very common uh, of him to pump fake and drop it. That's fun fact. That's where the tuck rule was invented. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. His name was Tuck Freud. Was he also on the uh, Patriots? I, I've got nothing. I was trying to think of something funny, like my little Rolodex was going, and I just fell flat there. Well, yeah, you deflated that one. I did. I know. I'm so sorry. Anyway, the pro- the, the issue, <laughs> the the main issue, obviously, is Dak's injury, but the uh, injuries, injuries as, as a, a whole, whole yeah. have been... Yeah, for this team, for sure. ...have been the biggest thing, uh, especially on the offensive line yeah. and, and on defense. Yeah. Because if you look at them... The defense played a lot better. And that see, game. that's that's so funny that the defense was the better side of the ball for yeah. the Cowboys in that half because what they, they had they better, they had they had they still four good. turnovers, you know, uh, two picks and two forced fumbles. I think was it? I don't remember. It was it was it was a bunch. But, so it, it, like I remember watching that going. That was the one thing that. Well, okay, no, see, it didn't even give me hope. Whenever I saw that, and I was like, man, this defense forces your offense into four turnovers in one half. How bad are the Eagles? Like, I remember that was – that was. I'm serious. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the way yeah. that I saw it. And I was like, oh, the Cowboys are going to win this game because the, the their offense just is that bad. And they were doing, like, stats and stuff on the TV that were saying that Carson Wentz – has to is constantly under pressure like he's like the he like number one quarterback in the league that is that that is that their offensive line does not protect for and the the most times he's been sacked and all this stuff 12 interceptions i know and it's uh, so it's not carson wentz's fault it's the team that's around him it's all your fault fucking preds fans um uh but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I remember thinking that, and I, but it did not give me optimism for this Cowboys defense. It really just made me think how bad the Eagles were, and uh, but still, like it, at least it made me feel like it's like well, the Cowboys, like the way that that field goal just they, went at into, yeah, at least chance. yeah, at least they had a chance, and at least they were gonna win. If they were gonna win ugly, it doesn't fucking matter. At least you'd win and be first place. Yes, that's not, and it ended up getting super ugly the other way around. And, um, yeah, yeah. so it's just, this is, this is now like official. I don't know. You can't bring in anyone because now before we started recording, because we're recording uh, a Tuesday, we're recording on Tuesday night this week because your anniversary dinner was on Monday. Yeah. And, uh, so that's why this episode is released a little late, but thankfully it was because now we have an update that says that Andy Dalton is now on the COVID-19 list. Yeah. So it just cannot get any better for Andy Dalton or the Dallas Cowboys. This no. is just one of those seasons that you just kind of, I think now you just kind of have to pack it in. And you have to, like, like what would be the point of salvaging this season regardless, you know, because right. it was it, it was already heading before Andy, Andy Dalton, before um, Dak Prescott got hurt. It was already heading towards already a losing bad. a losing season, maybe getting a playoff game and losing that game, and then you just fuck up your draft pick at that point. So is this I'm not saying that you tank, 
but I like I don't think you bring in anyone. I don't think you I don't think you bring in Colin Kaepernick no, anymore at this I point. I don't, I don't think, think you any... trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no point in it. I don't think there's any point in trying to salvage this season. No. So I just think that you go and and honestly, if you if the cow if the Dallas Cowboys team that is assembled right now in this moment and you look at the schedule that's ahead of them. It's really not as easy as we thought that it was going to be because you've got the Steelers next week. Undefeated. Undefeated. And you've got the Bengals coming up who just beat the Titans. Yeah, the Bengals are starting to play pretty well. Yeah, they're they're starting to kind of get their shit together. And I remember looking at that one saying that one will be obvious. Like, that'll be a feel-good story for Andy Dalton. That'll be an easy win. I don't think so. Uh, and, and the only team that they've beaten so far in the NFC East is the New York Giants. Who just took uh Tampa Bay all the way. I know, but so it's still the, lost. The, the road. Yeah, but still like it's like they put up a better fight against Tampa Bay than Green Bay did. You know, and 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 Green Bay is one of those teams not going into this Sunday whenever they lost to the Vikings this week who is also on the Dallas Cowboys schedule. So that game doesn't look like it's as easy as a win, but this this New York Giants team that no one has any confidence in took that elite defense that is there in Tampa Bay and gave them everything that they could handle. And that's something that an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones led offense in Green Bay could not do. So it's this schedule that's ahead of the Cowboys is very difficult for them. And, yeah. and and so I just I just don't see I don't I don't see Colin Kaepernick wanting to come to this team and I don't blame him. Nah. I don't see Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, well now now the trade deadline has come and gone. So now they can't even trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick either, which by the way how anticlimactic was that? You know, it's just one of the, and so it's just one of those things that it's just like everyone kind of saw it and went, "Nah, we don't need anything." And uh, I, I think everyone's just kind of taking this season for what it is. And everyone's just kind of packing it in and just yeah. saying, like, whoever, like, these are all the good teams. Who we know are good is good. Who we know is bad is bad. And we're just keeping it that way. Yeah. And the Cowboys are one of those teams. And so now I think you're, I think you're really, really trying to overtake the Jets here and get that first round pick. I don't. Uh... With the way that they're playing, if they're going to lose to all these NFC East teams, I don't see why that wouldn't be like a legit option right now. I don't think that. Well, okay. the, just the thing is, the Jets have to win two games. Yeah, <laughs> the Jets have to win two games, and yeah. I don't see that happening. No, I don't see that. Happening top five either. pick then. Top five. I, oh yeah, I think they end up. With yeah, a top sure, five pick. sure. I don't think they try to tank. I don't. No, no, no. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. I don't think they have they, to. Uh, but at the same time, even if they were, they're not going to take Trevor Lawrence. No, because well, no, 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 no. Of course not. I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to make a case for Trevor Lawrence. I know, I know. I'm just saying he, most people are viewing him as the number one overall pick. Uh, he's saying he might stay in Clemson. Yeah, but that's just because I don't think he wants to go to the Jets. Would you? Fuck no, I wouldn't. No, so I don't blame him. Well, you know what? Sitting where I'm sitting right now at 31 years old, I'd love to go play starting quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> but if I was Trevor Lawrence. No, Fair. no, I would not. So I Fair. like I don't blame. I would at love all. to go right now, and when they when they talk to me about how bad I was, I'd be like, well, at least I'm not fumbling on people's butts. Hell yes, dude. <laughs> oh man, and see, I like Mark Sanchez too. That's such a shame that he seems like a really nice guy. I think but... so, man. And see, and I was really pulling for him because the Jets were really good whenever he was at quarterback. He was beaten literally, he was... literally until that happened. Yes, I know. He seemed because he had beaten <laughs> Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. 
in the playoffs, and that shit just does not fucking happen. It just didn't, and Mark Sanchez has that under his belt twice, you know, and it just happened that yeah. he just ran into his center and butt fumbled and just could never recover from but, that. But so, fumbled his career. Yeah, I know. It's such a shame, but it's still fun to joke and, about and, that. So yeah, yeah. sorry, Mark Sanchez, that you have to be the butt end of every joke. Yes, pun intended. What pun? I don't know. I'll work on that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, hear me out. Go on. I'm not asking if you think this should happen. Do you think Mike McCarthy gets fired? No, no, not at all. Because you because don't think we, there's a chance. No, zero, zero chance that he gets fired because we just talked about all the injuries that have happened. Right. Sure. And and we did have the debacle of the player talking about whoever it was. And once again, that was another situation that I handled improperly. Like I called him spineless and gutless and all that stuff. And you made so many great points as to why. And I was just sitting there trying to defend against it. And I just kept repeating myself over and over again. I was not making good arguments because your argument was solid and mine wasn't. Um which is, I mean, which is fine. It's going to happen. But that was another thing. We had the player that came out and admitted that stuff. And you were right whenever you said that Mike McCarthy was that per- would have been that coach that says, "Don't put your name behind it. Let me fix this." And I think that that's what happened. But I also think that as soon as that happened, and Mike McCarthy had to kind of play defense a little bit to kind of get everyone off his back, like that really derailed the season right there for him. There was nothing like, of course, whenever Dak Prescott got hurt. That like that was the end of the season right there. It just was, and uh, the season's not over yet, and we still have a lot of games left to play. But you can't convince me that this season is salvageable at all without Dak Prescott. But as soon as he went down, that was the end of the season. But really, whenever that player, whoever it was, I'm not calling them spineless or gutless. I get why that they would not want to put their name behind it. They might have just put their foot in their mouth, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Mike McCarthy had to kind of say. Don't say anything. I'll fix this. For because for all we know, that player went to Mike McCarthy and said, "I didn't mean for this to happen." Or it maybe even gave him the heads up. Sure, absolutely. And maybe Mike McCarthy might kind of fix his ways a little bit because yeah. I mean he's always been an offensive coach first. We yeah. and I've been beating that into the ground ever since we've been doing this podcast. But um, I think as soon as something like that happened, like that's whenever the season was really done. And. Um, I really don't think that Mike McCarthy's job is in jeopardy because of all the injuries and because of just everything that all the distractions that have been going on around the team. Like we've, we, we talk about like Tom Herman's job in Texas. Like it's safe because of this year. Like, well, that's the thing. I, it's it's really safe now, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in the, in the, the, like at our college football segment. I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's safe. I think it should be, but. But we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But I I just think that with this year, I think everyone gets a mulligan, especially Mike McCarthy, because if if this team was completely healthy, because whenever we were making our predictions, we were saying this team has the talent to be great, especially in this division. So of course you're going to pick them to do well. Well, now that team that started the season is not the same team anymore. The offensive lineman is completely different. The quarterback is different. Uh, the linebacking core is different. You know, it's just. It's it's just not the same team that started this year, and uh, I I just I I think Mike McCarthy's job is I think everyone's job is safe. I don't think anyone gets fired. I think that everyone is fine. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, well, this year just nothing went right. We're just going to pack it in, 
at the end of the year and just regroup and come back next year and see what we can do. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I don't know the rest of that. Song. I don't either. I jump around. That's it. That's all I know. That's that's funny. That's how I uh, how my brain works. It jumps mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really, anything else? I if you had if you looked at their schedule, if you looked at the Cowboys' schedule, it's hard for me to pick a game where I would say the Cowboys are going to win that game. Yeah. Everyone that they have left on their schedule could easily be a loss. Maybe not easily, but but like it, it's not so far fetched to think that they would lose that game. And it was after they got just fucking thumped by the Washington football team, where that where it made they that got, possible. Yeah, they got chumbawamba'd. They just dude it stuck stuck in my head like a chumbawamba song, man. Which chumbawamba song? I don't know. They have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, I, I'm done being depressed about the Cowboys. Like I don't, I don't know what else to say about them. I'm, like it's just I'm all cried out. Well, speaking of crying, let's uh, talk about the Texas Rangers. But, but there are some things but. that we that are not worth crying about. If anything, you can you can talk about how exciting it is because but just we'd be uncrying. We would be we we would we would be sucking the tears back up into our yeah, face, I ab- guess. Absorbing absorbing the tears. Moisture from the air. And what that is is that um before we get into free agents and stuff, let's talk about how just recently the gold glove winners were announced for the 2020 season and Joey Gallo and Kiner Falefa are both gold glove winners like it, it was so funny because i remember it's thinking be hard to catch with those <laughs> <laughs> i broke cameron damn it <laughs> dude we didn't even introduce ourselves what this at the pod- beginning of the episode oh who cares they know who we are by now you know who we are yeah we get one yeah we'll get one it's all right anyway, it's all right ahead. anyway <laughs> I remember thinking that whenever the um, the projected or uh, not the projected but the nominees were announced, I remember thinking that Kiner Falefa was the was the shoe in to win at third base. That one didn't surprise me so much. But whenever they said that Joey Gallo had won as well, it's like oh whoa, like just out of uh, to me that was out of nowhere. I thought that it was at, just out of left field. I thought it was huge that. <laughs> I thought it was huge that he was just nominated. In, in, <laughs> I thought it was huge that he was nominated in the first place, but but the fact that he won, like it just shows. <laughs> I just think it's huge that uh, that he, dude. God damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was huge that he was nominated, but it's even bigger, and it shows that all anyone ever wants to talk about Joey Gallo is how is his bat. Dude, for the past uh, past couple of years, his his bat has been a lot more consistent. But his first two or three years in the in the major leagues, it was his glove that kept him on the field. I know, and not uh, not, but see, but that's not that's not as sexy as hitting the the long bombs like he does like Depends every time on who you talk to i know i know but if you want to talk to a casual fan casual a casual fan that's not so that that does not really know baseball that well i mean and i include myself in that but 
I will I I don't watch just for the home runs. Like I don't like I'll watch like if I watch NASCAR, you watch it for the crashes and stuff like that. But for baseball for me, I'm not watching it hoping for hoping for dingers, you know? Yeah. But but I know that a lot of people do and it's nice to see that Joey Gallo is getting the respect that he deserves. Whenever it comes to his all-around game, it's not just necessarily his bat. Excuse me. It's not just necessarily his bat, but it's also his arm and his glove. And yeah. it's 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 good to see people like that getting rewarded, especially people that want to be with his organization like like Joey Gallo. So, yeah, good for them. <clears throat> yeah, good for them. Um, now moving on to the uh, the free agent news. One thing that I have to uh, point out is that we're smart. We are fucking smart, man. Sports Illustrated released their uh, list of the top 50 available free agents. And they also uh, gave a little uh, notation as far as who they would be a good fit with and why. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Jock Peterson was uh, listed. Oh, what do you know? It's Mr. Peterson. Yeah, he was listed as uh, a great fit for the Rangers. Well, and see, I th- <laughs> I don't know why you're talking like that. <laughs> that's your, that's How your... I'm talking like what? That's 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 his uh that's his that's his confidence voice right there. Like he's got like a little swagger going right now and that's just the voice that comes out whenever he feels super confident. The Rangers. <laughs> and Jock Peterson. Yeah. So, it's my it's my uh it's my Chris Berman slash uh, Christopher Walken. Mm, okay. And he could yeah. go all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you honestly think though that because I know that I know that you were saying that last week, but do you yeah. really think that the Rangers are going to make a run at Jock Peterson? <clears throat> I, I know do. that they would be foolish not to. So of yeah. course they'll probably do something. But do you really see them? paying him the kind of money because I think that honestly the worst thing that could have happened was them winning the World Series because now he's well, the worst thing that could have happened for the Rangers was him winning the World Series because now he's going to demand a lot of money and he's going to he's going he he has earned it he's not in a position to de- to me- da- 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 da. he's not in a position to demand a lot of money why do you say that cuz he wasn't even a starter like he he was pivotal in the World Series but it was because he was a really, really good backup. He wasn't their starting left fielder. No, I understand that. But he came in and played well. Right. He he came he in. Showed- and play, he came in and played well. But he his argument for oh, I just won a World Series. That's not really an argument for him so much as it's an argument for the team that was around him. And then he just was a really good backup. So, so what do you what do you legitimately see him getting from a not not a team that is going to throw out money at players just to get asses in the seats? But what do you what 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 is a legit salary contract like numbers and years wise for a player like Jacques Peterson? That what, what do you see the Rangers paying to get him just to make the team better? Not to not to just make attendance better. I think, I think you could give. I think the Rangers would. Rangers or not, I think he gets at least five years, um, at around four to five million dollars a year. I don't think it's going to be a huge blockbuster. That's contract. that is a tiny contract for baseball. 
that is like th- like that would be that would be a mediocre contract I think for a really good player in hockey. Like I said, he wasn't their starter. Yeah, no, I know. And, I know. And it just, he actually played fairly poorly in the regular season. Poorly. Okay. Okay. I mean, and that's that's just why I ask. I, I have no idea because baseball contracts are bigger than football contracts. Like, some of the contracts that they sign, I'm like, oh, yeah. holy Christ, man. Like, yeah. how in the world yeah. are you going to be able to pay that much money yeah. with not being the number one sport in your own country? That's what happens when you don't have a salary cap. Yeah, yeah. So you okay? So I think at that price, I think you'd be because how old is he? Twenty nine. Yeah. So I mean, he's still young. Yeah. And I I think that he would fit the mold of the Rangers and what John Daniels and ownership wants to do is that the team will be younger next year. And what a solid mm-hmm. what a solid replacement for for Shinsu Chu for Chu. I'm just gonna call him I, Chu. I've I've mm-hmm. I've just relinquished the fact that I will never. It's kind of like the word. I'm gonna try and say this. It's kind of like the word provolone. Pro, provolone. I can't say that word, and I can't say Chew's name. So it's like it's like it's like Derry in um uh in, in uh, Letterkenny, Letter where Kenny. he can't say breakfast or basket. I can't say that p word. <laughs> pee pee. <laughs> Guest star Essel Lindell here talking about the pee pee, and so. <laughs> So I, I, I I can't say that word. I can't say choose first two names. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that I, I'm just I'm just relinquishing it. Thank Christ he's not on the team anymore. But I think that Jacques Peterson would be a solid replacement for a player like you. Oh, yeah. And I especially think- at, 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 a, at a contract like that. I, did, I, I had no idea that you were going to say something like that. I thought you I, were going to say, like, maybe maybe, like, Eight, nine, ten million. I okay, so I I think that would be a good contract for him. Uh especially right now with everything that's going on. Most owners are tightening the purse strings. Right? Uh do you think that that's most, because of most COVID? Teams, yeah, I yeah. think it's okay. I think it's a direct result yeah. of COVID. But yeah. that's that was also the trend. The past couple excuse me, past couple of years, people weren't signing for nearly as much money as 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 um we thought, with the exception of Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Mookie but, was there. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so I think the owners are going to be tightening the purse strings. I think people are going to have to settle for less money than, than what they want. I think the the larger number, the one that was uh, – or the more shocking numbers that I said, five. Five years. I think what – I think what you would be most likely to get him – at would be maybe a three-year deal so that he could have by before his 33rd birthday he could or before his uh 33 aged season he could have another crack at free agency and and if he proves himself over the next three years he might be able to to get a big deal because right now you're signing him off of yes a great playoff uh where he tore it up on your field but he also was not their starter as i've mentioned before he wasn't their starter in the regular season and his his regular well he he lost the starting job in the regular season and his regular season wasn't that great i don't i don't remember what his exact numbers were i don't have i have right i have him right here in front of me he in uh 2020 yeah. he had 121 at bats 21 runs 23 home runs oh no 
Yeah. No, no that's way. not right. Twenty. No, that's not right. Oh, 23 hits. I'm sorry. There we go. And 16 RBIs, uh, and 11 walks, and a career bat or and a seasonal batting average of 190, which is a huge drop. Yes. Compared to what he did the year before, where he was hitting 249. Yes. But he also had a full season to play that right. year. But obviously, if it's it doesn't and, and it doesn't it doesn't tell me how many games he played, but he only had 121 career at bat, uh, career. I keep saying career. He only had 121 at he bats. Play, he this played year. 43 games. Yeah, and in a 60 game season, so obviously, yeah, 23 hits, seven of them were home runs. This was the first year, though. This was the first year, though, that he has hit below the Mendoza line since his rookie year in 2014. So. He has a track record, and it's 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 kind of like a it it, it kind of seems like a perfect track record. A, a guy like really a guy that will fly under the radar because another one another another name that's being thrown around a whole lot is um, uh, Marcel Ozuna, mm-hmm. and he's only a year older than Jacques Peterson. But it seems like that he's he's, he's only gonna, had he's, this one great year so far. He's been okay. He's been good, but his his. He's not been Jock Peterson level for the for the the his, the entirety of his career. Are we talking about Marcelo Marcel Zuna? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, that's why I'm saying I think Jock Peterson is the better hit or the better uh, better signing if you can get him because um, his career numbers as far as uh, his career batting average is two thirty. Um, I mean, that's that's good, not great. His on base percentage is three thirty six, which is not like you you want those numbers. You want that number to be much higher mm-hmm. than that. This is these are also all skewed by his this past year where his his uh and well his his first year in this past year where he was below the Mendoza line and you know uh, on base percentage two eighty five. Uh, slugging was 397, so his OPS was low, too. Yeah. But this is the lowest it's been since his rookie year. The the years previous, in 2015, his OPS was 763. 2016, 847. 2017, 738. 2018, 843. 2019, his OPS was 876. Yeah, see, those are the numbers that you, those are the kind of numbers you want to see. And yes. yet, still, he's putting up those kind of numbers and still lost his starting job this year. Right. Well, he lost his starting up starting job this year. He didn't lose it last. Year. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like even whenever he's putting up numbers like that in the recent past, mm-hmm. it's not like that. This was something that he was doing four or five years ago, and it's like, oh, well, it'd have been great to have Jacques Peterson. Like, it would be great to have like 2017 Jacques Peterson, not. But see, but they're talking about like 2019. Jacques Peterson was hitting. What did you say? It was 850 or whatever. Was his slugging percentage? No, his his OPS. OPS. Was, his OPS was 876. His slugging percentage was 538. Yeah. Slug, slugging percentage is just the percentage of hits that was uh, that are extra base hits. No, no, no. I know. So, I know. So that's 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 one of those like sabermetric kind of bullshit yeah. things that's really ruining the game because if you want to watch the World Series this year, they should not have the Tampa Bay Devil Rays should. Or I'm they, sorry, the, the Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Rays. Rays Excuse me. They uh, they should not have taken out Brandon Snell, Braden Snell, Jordan Snell, Blake Snell, Blake Snell, whatever his fucking name was. He was pitching lights out. He was. And what they did was is they were talking about it on the. Uh, <laughs> thanks for letting me throw out names like that. 
Just let's see how stupid he can get. You said you said Brandon Snell, and my mind was like, no, Blake. And then you went Braden, and I was like, bull, oh, be bull. And you were like, Jaden. I was like, Will. (laughs) No, Blake. Anyway, (laughs) they were talking about on. uh, They were talking about on TV where they were saying that it. They were looking. They were looking at the break of the ball as well, and they were saying that the reason why that they pulled him is because his break was starting to go down. But in the end, he gave up one. He gave up that one hit right there at the very end, and that wasn't his first hit. I understand two hits. That was his second hit. Though. That was his second was hit of the game. Like in, the in, game. In, in innings, innings space. And the sabermetrics said the smart choice in the sabermetrics would be take him the fuck out. Yeah, but, but then you watch him walking off the mound and he's sitting there shaking his head. So like the yeah, whole. That's, that's the thing. Sabermetrics is, is good for a philosophy for your entire season. Yes. How to treat a player for, for your entire season. A, but, but B, if you always go by the sabermetrics, then, then the, you know the uh say like oh he's he's consistently you know underperformed in the seventh inning well it's like you know if you if he's pitched 50 games and he and you've taken him out in the, after the sixth inning 45 times and the five times you leave him in you know he he gets touched up a little bit then yeah the sabermetrics are gonna say no keep pulling him out every time like, yeah, I know, and, so, and, and, and you can't treat sports that way. Sports are not that black and white, and that just drives me nuts. Right. So, maybe the Rangers can get Jacques Peterson at that deal, that better deal than I thought. That because like walking through it and going through the numbers and everything, like what you said makes sense. It's it. You you sign him expecting a bounce back. That's what you do. You sign him expecting a bounce back. And but, the, OP, but, but, the OPS number is something that the Rangers, I think, were, would really be enticed by because that's your on-base percentage plus your slugging percentage. And see, and that's one of those things that we were talking about that you get players like that, you put them in front of Joey Gallo, they get on base, Bingo. and then now they're not shifting on Joey Gallo anymore. That might be – I'm telling you, that is like the perfect um, – boy, my peas are really popping tonight. He's uh, always popping peas. <laughs> I can't help it. It's always funny to me. Um, <laughs> so, so he'd be he'd be that kind of person. He'd be that kind of person that you can bring into the lineup and you put him in that first, second, the, like that leadoff spot, even that leadoff spot. And 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 who knows what might happen then? Because yeah, I mean it's it's just like in the movie Moneyball. It's like if you guys have to ask, I'm gonna point at Pete again. He gets on base, you know. And I know that that movie was all about sabermetrics, but even still, I it, it's just what a foolish decision by the by the Rays to pull Snell at that point because of sabermetrics. But at the same time, like you look at something like that, like. Whenever it comes to those kind of numbers, like once you start getting into the nitty gritty of like the the angle velocity of how you're throwing the ball and all that stuff, it's too much. But if you want to look at how many times a person gets on base, like that's huge, and that's yeah. enough. That's enough for it to fly under the radar. And maybe the Rangers can get a player like Jacques Peterson for a decent amount. And if he does everything that we hope, because you're not hoping for a bounce back year after a couple of bad years. Yeah, he's had he's had yeah, one, one one one, and you can make you can make the argument that it's the sixty game 
yes. span. Yeah, of course. That's skewing yeah, the numbers. Absolutely. Because in the playoffs, what did he do? Mm. Oh, he mm-hmm. torched people. So So who knows? Who knows? This is a very exciting offseason to to really talk about just because it's it, it's gonna be fun to kind of see things play yeah. out and see where it goes. So now now here's here's a couple uh I think the Rangers only make a couple of moves this offseason because they're dedicated to being younger and typically if you're going to be younger uh you're trading away good players uh, people who are good now uh for prospects and i think the rangers have a bunch of prospects yeah but see yeah i was about to say the rangers don't need prospects they've always had a great farm system uh well i don't know if i'd say they've always had a great farm system but it's been it's been good the past recently few, recently past, past few yeah. years yeah um and uh, they don't have a whole lot of great players that you'd get a lot of great prospects for right now. Anyway, let's be honest. You got Joey Gallo, Lance Lynn, and that's really all. Probably Kiner Falefa now. Well, maybe yeah, but that. I mean, I would still consider Sam, Sam Huff. A, I would still consider Sam Huff is definitely still a prospect, but I would still consider yeah. Kiner Falefa a prospect at this point. He, he's only been in the league what two, three years. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, probably not even that much, just because it's two years ago he was he was a catcher. Mm-hmm. So and now he's winning Gold Gloves at third. Yeah. So it's just it's it's just what a weird what a weird fucking situation that wild, they find themselves. Yeah, I know. Wild stuff. Um, Senegal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to try and get younger, the Rangers don't have a whole lot of options from which to choose whenever it comes to trading away like yeah, veteran players point, and stuff like that. Like you're going to have to get younger yeah. by bringing up the young players that you already have. At this point, you get younger by riding with your prospects. Well, and see, why wouldn't you? Because Elvis Andrews is injured right now. Mm-hmm. So why, like, like I, well, who he, would you, he, who would you? He may, be, he may be good for the beginning of the season. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember what his injury is, but <laughs> What I would say is you bring in a left fielder. If you want to make the case for Marcelo Zuna, you can. Yeah, it, you'd be making it's it's risky either way if you get Ozuna or uh, Peterson. I think there's less risk with Peterson, but potentially less of uh, an upside because Peterson has never batted three forty nine or whatever it was that Marcelo Zuna batted this year. He's never done that, so. Yeah, but see, but you're not going to spend as much money on him. You know that Ozuna is going to be wanting a, I, like, because like this was his first big year where he kind of had like this was his breakout year right here at 30. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have a whole like you don't you don't have a big track record of Ozuna having this amazing career, and now he's going to get hundreds of millions of dollars here. But he's still going to be looking for a big contract. Yeah, he ain't Mookie Betts. With Jacques Peterson, though, it seems like that you're going to get him at... He's going to be a consistent player. Not a great player. Not a bad player. But like a really, really good player that's going to consistently get on base and get hits and not hit 250, but not hit 220. You know, just hit that sweet spot right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where you kind of need to go whenever it comes to the amount of money that you want to spend on quote unquote older players, just so that way you can give your young prospects enough time to kind of get going. So 
Whenever it comes to the infield, though, if Elvis Andrews is not ready to go at the start of the year, where do you think that they go for shortstop? Do you think that they bring in a player, or do you think that they promote from within? Well, I think the way that you go for shortstop is that you, if you're only looking for spot starts, I think what you do is you've already got um, a couple decent shortstops in your farm system that have already made it up and made spot starts. But I think one thing that's going to be important if we're dedicated to being younger is getting more prospects, more hits earlier or more at bats earlier. And one of those prospects is Josh young. I know he's naturally a third baseman, but I think at this point you're willing to sacrifice maybe a little bit of awkwardness at shortstop for uh, getting him hits. And let's face it. You're not going to take your third, uh, your gold glove third baseman and move him over to shortstop for a couple of games, just because you want to get your third base prospect some some major league at bats so but what happens if um what happens if josh young comes up and he's just a natural shortstop like and he looks the part in and maybe he doesn't look so great at the plate but his fielding at shortstop he just kind of just fits in for it like what do you do with elvis andrews whenever he's let's say that once again we're just saying that elvis andrews does not start the season uh you put in josh young at that position, he does great, and then Elvis Andrews is up and ready to play again. Do you take out Josh Young, or do you keep him there? Because that's 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 putting a lot of pressure on Josh Young. Because you could you like you could argue that he is at that point he would be taking over a position from a player that is arguably the greatest shortstop in Texas Rangers history. So. Is that one of those things where you kind of like take him, like you put Elvis Andrews back at shortstop and you pull out Josh Young, or do you try and like move Elvis Andrews to a different position on the infield? Like how how does that work? So, I think you ask him to move to another position and see if he's willing, and I think he would be. And one of the reasons is why he's he he's had two great mentors at Texas, one being uh, Adrian Beltre who that's undeniable. He's been a great, they're great friends. He, he would even say he, you know, they're best friends. Dude, I'm telling you, it was I, like, that's the one thing I probably missed the most about Adrian Beltre is, is, seeing, is, is those two fuck with dynamic. each other. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. It was so great. Oh yeah. Uh, and the other one being a guy who came up as a second baseman, then got moved to shortstop, then got moved to third base to finish his career. Then got replaced by Adrian Beltre. And that is arguably the most influential Ranger in our lifetime, Mr. Ranger Michael Young. That's my boy. Love Michael Young, man. <clears throat> and I think, see, this, I think he, uh, not only that, but I think he also saw what happened with uh, Rangers fans souring on Ian Kinsler. I think he sees that, and I think. I think Elvis Who's wants he? Elvis. Oh, Elvis. Okay. I think Elvis wants to finish his career as a Ranger. I think he wants to retire here. And you, you, know, th- you think he'd rather do that than go chase a championship? I think Elvis Andrews is, has been influenced enough by Michael Young to. 
Well, because he's kind of seen he's kind of seen both sides of that coin. He's mm-hmm. seen what it's like to stick with the team that is kind of going in the opposite direction. And then he's also seen what happens whenever another player says, I don't want to be a part of this and then gets traded. And then later on comes back and realizes that he knows that. What? Knows, <laughs> knows. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you letter. Kenny, you ruined how I talk to people now. Um, but yeah, he see like he, he now, he now sees what happens whenever a player leaves and it's kind of like a, a terrible not terrible, but it's a, it's an ugly departure. Mm-hmm. It's not amicable. And then coming back, uh, whenever Michael Young came back, and everything that he said about, like he came back and signed like that one year deal, just or the one day deal, just so that way he could retire a Ranger, and everything <laughs> that he said at his press conference. So that I, I don't think Michael Young left to chase a championship though. I he think, just left because the 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 dynamic between him and John Daniels just was not good. No, I don't. I don't remember seeing that at all. I, I know remember, he didn't want to leave. I know he didn't want to leave, but at the same time, I know that. Uh, and and the, he, those he, Dodger teams were not the teams that were chasing championships at that point. They were right on the brink of it. They the Dodgers have been in. in I know the, they. I know that. I know the Dodgers have always runs. been good, but I mean, I just, I just don't think that that was like the best option to choose whenever, whenever Michael Young left. Like it just seemed like that the Dodgers were just kind of there, and that was like the easy choice to make. But it just, it didn't, it didn't seem like that they were contending. It never seemed like at that time so, that they so, were really truly contending for a championship. Just Michael Young just needed to get out and and did. Uh, let me, let me. Google something real And I mean, and once again, once again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong because by this point, like, uh, I I would say that, like, my, my, my passionate Ranger fandom ended whenever Michael Young left. Just because, like I said, Michael Young's always been my boy. And, uh, I've. They, they didn't send him to the Dodgers. They sent him to Philly. And that was in 2013 when Philly was trying to make playoff. Yeah, but, but and trying to make uh, World Series runs because they had and just Billy sent him to the the Dodgers. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I see. I don't even remember him uh, playing for actually, Philly. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't even trade him. They let him walk. I, yeah, see, that's what I remember. I remember him signing with the Dodgers under his own free will. I just Philly. He oh, he he went and signed with Philly and traded they traded. The okay, see, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember yeah. him playing for Philadelphia. He played 126 games with Philadelphia. He only played 21 with the Dodgers. Oh my goodness, dude. That uh, just shows how far I fell off there. <clears throat> yeah. But what I remember was the Rangers saying, hey, you know, we would love to have you, but, like, go get your, you know, go chase a ring, man. Like, because let's be honest, you're not – you're not starting at any of the positions that you've played for yeah. the Rangers. Yeah. He wasn't going to knock off Kinsler. He wasn't going to knock off Elvis. He damn sure wasn't knocking off Adrian Beltre. Right. I think it was a, a respect move. Like, we would love for you to retire here, but if you feel like you've got more in the tank, you're going to need to do it somewhere else. That and the Rangers said that to Michael Michael Young? Because yeah. that Okay, that's not, that was not the song that he was singing. I mean, where, what, do you have a reference? Because I don't remember hearing anything else. Uh, I just, the only thing that I know is that whenever he came back and he signed the one day deal so that way he could sign here, I know that he 
he being Michael Young, he he talked about like how he he felt bad that the way that things ended in Texas, like he felt bad for the way that it ended, the way that it did, and he wished that he would have handled the situation better and all this stuff. So that leads that me to believe that lead that leads me to believe that the departure was not pretty. That just that just doesn't. I don't know. To me, when I hear that, I don't think oh it was an ugly split. When I hear that, I think. <sighs> I think he probably to me it sounds like he took it personally and he wishes that he hadn't taken it personally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not necessarily yeah. that it was an ugly split but that he was like, "Wait, you saying I I couldn't knock off one of these other guys or I couldn't, you know, I couldn't make it onto the field?" And at that time, yeah. Dude, yeah, he was 36. Like, "No, you weren't making it on the field, man. Sorry." Yeah. So, but e- but either way, either, either way, way, back either to way. back to Josh Young. Tangent, I'm sorry. Tangent aside, I think you think Elvis Andrews is more likely to make that move to because because he has he's been seen both sides. Yes, by Michael Young, and seen both sides, and yes. seen that yes. although you may go to some that you may go somewhere that could be contending, there's no guarantee that you're going to stay on that team. There's no guarantees you're going to make the playoffs even. You have no guarantees whatsoever in that situation. And I think that Elvis would rather, if they're going to make another playoff run, or I think Elvis would rather play for the Rangers than go somewhere else and try to make a playoff run just to stay at shortstop. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, really, that field that's out there now, Globe Life Field, mm-hmm. not the ballpark, but Globe Life Field, that's really the house that Elvis built, man. Like that, like that, like you, like Elvis is one of those players that is super integral to that, and I think that he would look at that and just say, Mm-mm, "No one else is playing on that infield but me." You know, I I could see him kind of having that kind of mentality of saying, "Like, nope, like if we're gonna fucking do this, we're gonna do this all together." I don't even care because I think that Adrian Beltre he could have easily left the mm-hmm. Rangers and any team that was at that peak, that was really at the pinnacle of winning the World Series, they would have welcomed El. Uh, uh, Beltray, Beltray, excuse me. They would have welcomed uh, Beltray with open arms, and Beltray was like, "No, I'm staying here because this is my home." And I think Elvis Andrews has kind of looked at that and said, "Yeah, you know what? Like seeing how it worked out for Beltray, who didn't chase a championship, and how it worked out for Michael Young, who did chase a championship and just fell flat, but also kind of got pushed out." Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't work out. I think that Elvis would rather be adored and loved and revered here have his number go into the hall of fame here mm-hmm. maybe not as a maybe not in baseball lore but in texas rangers lore of course mm-hmm. so he could kind of be that dirk nowitzki of the texas rangers just minus the title so i yeah yeah i could absolutely see that so it would it would be easy for him to make that switch to second base probably mm-hmm and then what do they do with Odor at that point? I think at that point, because how much how much time is left on his deal? Oh, still a good bit, yeah. Still a good bit, and uh, his numbers. 
although he did have a bit of a bounce back this year, um, I need to get. Uh, I'm pulling up his numbers right now. He did have a bit of a bounce back this year. But yeah, of it course. Yeah, but it, it wasn't... wasn't long enough for people to forget the last two years. <laughs> um, but he he did have a bit of a bounce back. I think if that were to happen, you you look at Odor and you say, "Hey, we need you to either a focus on hitting and hitting only and make him a DH." I mean, or, what, what would you call a bounce back year? Because here, here, here's what it is: fifteen runs, twenty three hits, thirty RBIs, seven walks for a one sixty seven batting average. He hasn't hit below the Mendoza line ever that's in his true. career as a that's whole true. as a Texas Ranger. You know what? I was he he had a, like a bounce back month, and I guess the wheels yeah. I mean, it was off. it was it was at the end when it was after the pressure was taken off of the team. It when was started, after the whole Fernando Tatis well. Jr. thing. Mm-hmm. Odor kind of came alive there at the end, but really, what has he done? They, like he didn't do anything this year, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Oh, he hit ten home runs in sixty games, but yeah. You know, hey. Cool. So he, so he's kind of like taking over Joey Gallo's spot of like it's either a strikeout or a home run. Oh, but he he's been there too. Of course he has. Of course he has. He's been there too. And and he's not a Gold Glove winner like Joey Gallo is. But Joey Gallo wasn't a Gold Glove winner. Not until this year, but winner until this year. But still, but yeah. still. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying too. Uh, so maybe it's time to. I, I didn't even look up Odor's contract either. Here's, here's the thing though. This is something that has never, ever been an issue for Odor. He drives in runs. He drives in runs. Last year when he batted 205 on the year and everybody was calling for his head, he drove in 93 RBI. 93. He almost had 100 RBI. That's... Like, yeah, no, that's yeah. RBI is so, like that's great. I, I'm just sorry. Every time I hear RBI, it just makes me. It just it's it's just cringy to me. It's you just, said it's just you say RBI. RBIs. That's RBIs run batted ins. No, but see, but an, but a, but an abbreviation like an acronym what, okay, is different whatever. though. An acronym whatever. is different. He drove in ninety three runs. Thank you. And you you said RBI earlier, by the way. If I did, ugh, if I did, then I'm sorry, because <laughs> that just uh, just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but he is one of those guys that is, he's drastically impacted by the shift, and you know we can. Talk yeah, I mean about, you get you get so I know I know you get someone that can that. get on base for him. Then yeah, we we, we can talk about that, but. So, but anyway, anyway, whenever it comes to Elvis, you move him to second, then what do you do with Odor then? Excuse me. If he drives in runs, do you move him to first? Because I, I I know first base is not that would, easy to play. No, and he's short. Yeah, I know. Hell I know. No, I know. That's what I'm, first. I know that's what I'm saying. So Hell it's just, no. and, and you. DH. You, you'd have to DH him. Yeah. Uh, or cut him and, you know. Take the losses on the contract. So, so you think that the losing person in this whole routine here, whenever the team is going to be getting younger, is going to be Odor? You think that they're going to choose Elvis over over Rugned? 
Uh, it depends on how things shake out. I don't think it'll. I don't think they'll actually be in a position where they have to choose uh, between Elvis and Rugned. I think it's gonna be uh, a situation where they're having to uh, choose between Rugned and uh, Prospect. Yeah, but I mean, who do you choose in that? In one word, Rugned or Prospect? Humperdink. It. <laughs> It depends on the prospect, to be honest. No, okay. I know, Jacques Peterson, then. Jacques, not Jacques Peterson. I'm sorry. Josh Young. I'm sorry. Josh Young or Rugnet Odor. Like, who are you choosing then? Let's say that's the but prospect they're, they're at not hand. Even, I know, not even I know. I'm just telling you. I know, but I'm just telling you. If you're going to put Jacques Peterson at shortstop, you have to move Elvis to second, which means that you would have to get rid of Odor and cut him or put him at DH or whatever. So that's why I'm saying, like, if you want to, if you want to put a name behind the prospect, let's just say it's Josh Young or Rugnet Odor. Who are you choosing? With the mentality of the team being younger next year, because Josh Young is, uh, if you look at the prospect, uh, if you look at like his projected mm-hmm. ready year or whatever, it's not even to like twenty twenty two. Right, I think, but I still think in that situation you go with the prospect. Yeah, um, but that's still not a very realistic. I know it's not, but that, but all Scenario. we're doing here is we're just we're just asking here. Uh, so. But Rugnet Odor is set to make twelve million dollars in the twenty twenty one season, twelve million dollars again in the twenty twenty two season. There's a club option in the twenty twenty three season for thirteen and a half million dollars. Goddamn. Yeah. So. And here's the thing. We're talking about him like, oh, man, he's been so bad for so long. He's had his struggles, but he still drives and runs. Yeah. And and let's be honest. The Rangers are that team that can't figure out the fucking shift. Like, we're talking the, the same people that say, oh, you know. Rugnet Odor, and we got to get rid of him, and he's just, he's not, you know, he's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're the same ones that were perfectly fine with Joey Gallo batting 200 and hitting 40 bombs a year. Speculation. No. That's, that's <laughs> No, true. it's a fact. It's they're, a fact. They're all we've, the same. We've gone to the streets. And I asked, asked them questions. all. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's just fun to speculate. And I mean, and it's fun to do that with bad teams as opposed to doing that with really good teams. Right. And so it's just, so it's just fun to speculate, but, but go on, go on. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you say, have another thing? Go on. Yeah. I, I will say I expect the Rangers to sign a pitcher this year. Um, I think they, I think they, kick the tires on Trevor Bauer, but I think that's a pipe dream. I don't think they get him. I don't think he wants to come to Texas. You know, it's, it's a thing, but I think the one that they would likely get would be Charlie Morton, uh, because he brings that veteran presence even more so than Lance Lynn. Uh, yes, he was on the 2017 Houston Astros. So yes, he was on a team with a bunch of cheaters but it doesn't benefit the pitcher to know what pitch is coming. Actually, it does. That's kind of what he's supposed to do. Um, so, 
and he's he's got a World Series ring. You know, at that point, if you sign him, he's the only one on the team. With yeah, a, with the World Series ring. Okay, so here's hoping because I mean, if they're not gonna, especially since they're not. No, I'm wrong, Lance Lynn. But anyway, go ahead. But even if they, because I mean, because the Rangers bought out Corey Kluber, his his uh, his mm-hmm. his option, but they want to sign him back at a cheaper cost. I think, and I think, if they if they can't do that, then of course the right move will be to bring yeah. in a pitcher, someone like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying is I don't I don't think I don't think they'll get it done with with Corey Kluber. Yeah, because I mean he's obvious he obviously had like a set amount of money in mind, and uh-huh. if the Rangers aren't going to give that to him, he's going to go get it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Even though, yeah, you what got, has he done to earn it? You got one inning. Yeah, great, good on you. Anything else on the Rangers? Rangers. Is that it? Yes. All right, I want you to repeat after me. I believe. Oh, me or the listeners? No, you. You go. You. I believe. I believe. I believe that. That what? You're killing me. You're killing me. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. The fucking FC Dallas fucking FC Dallas has qualified for the MLS Cup playoffs. That is a beautiful thing. So we go from two losing teams to a team here that is now winning and winning now. And it's so great because they did it in such dramatic fashion too. So whenever they, uh, because we were talking about this last week, and uh, they still have two more games left to go, one against Nashville, one against Minnesota. And once again, if those, if the season were to end today, it would still be FC Dallas and Minnesota United meeting in the uh, meeting in the MLS Cup playoff. And we'll talk more about that next week. We'll have like the we'll have an idea of who they will be playing, and uh, we will know where they stand. And we'll talk about the format because the format of the of soccer playoffs, not even just the MLS, but just of soccer playoffs, is completely different than any other sport that has playoffs but whenever it comes to uh whenever it comes to FC Dallas in this week they beat the Houston Dynamo on November 31st or November excuse me on October 31st on Halloween afternoon 3 nothing so that means that they won the Texas Derby so good on them they get the Cannon Trophy this year so good for them but the way that they ended up beating uh Miami was it was just beautiful because they had this uh they were down one nothing at halftime and uh whenever they came whenever they come out they score they scored two goals there in the second half in order to win the game but the way that they scored the goals it was perfect because during halftime the coach got up and he was he he was writing on the board and saying hey they play the the way that they're playing in their own zone is they're going to be playing on you over here in the corner go around him and pass it to Ryan Hollingstead who I said at the beginning of the year whenever Jesse Cannon was leaving to go play internationally was going to be the player to watch and the one that would really truly come in and make a difference on this team well what happens is Ryan Hollingstead gets that goal and uh, ends up tying the game, and then they end up taking the lead late in that game against Miami, and they win it in just this dramatic. Fa- oh no, no, no! It was the other way around. They they ended up having a uh, they had a penalty shot that made it one nothing, 
or I'm sorry, that made it 1-1. And then Ryan Hollingstead ends up scoring the game winner that puts him up 2-1. to one. And it's just exciting to see that it's not just like, it's not like what everyone thinks whenever it comes to soccer, that they're just out there running around and just making plays and just whatever happens, happens. No, it's set designs. The coaches go in at halftime and they make adjustments and it works. And that's what happened against the game against Miami. And so, but anyway, once they beat Houston on uh, on Saturday, on Halloween, 3 nothing. that's whenever they qualified. And I'm telling you, you got to keep an eye out on a lot of these players here because um, uh, uh, Frank O'Hara, is one of those players that I think should be the MVP of the league in MLS right now because that man is playing out of his mind. And every time that FC Dallas needs a big goal, Frank O'Hara is right there to score it. So he is really a player to watch right now. Ryan Hollingstead is another one of those to watch. And then, um, I don't know, it's Fabrice Picalta. I think that, uh, no, Picalt, no A, it's uh, but they call him Fafa. That man against Houston Dynamo scored two goals, and they were big goals. So this team is going to make some. They're going to make some noise here in the MLS Cup. And once again, for the soccer minute next next week, we'll go over how the playoff format's going to look, who they're going to be playing, and how it goes. But just right now, I'm telling you, it's very exciting. Like they 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 kind of limped into this going forward. Um, because they were they were riding uh, they they had two losses one win and a tie going into this week of play and they they end up winning two one three nothing against Houston Nashville Minnesota next week it's just going to be exciting so get ready Dallas because soccer playoffs are heading your way it's going to be fantastic that's all I've got cool all right. <clears throat> Sorry, I was looking at the election results. But <laughs> yes, it is. It is election night. So we apologize if we might seem a little distracted, but I am never distracted enough to talk about FC Dallas. MLS Cup, baby. Let's make it happen. You gonna watch this week? Nashville and Minnesota. Like I'm telling you, at least watch that game against Minnesota. That's that's gonna be the, that's gonna be that big one because that could potentially be that first round matchup. So can we at least watch that one? Uh, it's if, the if last can, game of the year. If we can get it. It's the last game of the year. Can't hold anything back. No, no, no. I'm saying it like if we can. Oh, you missed the reference. I did miss the reference. It's because he didn't hold anything back. JR, I need your help here. I need your help here. Text Mal right now and tell him what movie I'm talking about. No, it's uh, the last yeah, I'm game. I'm waiting it's... for you to get my number. <laughs> And text me. <laughs> it's Waterboy, man. Oh, dude, I haven't meet, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I know. Anyway, it's Sunday, November eighth. That's the first game, or that's the last game of the year against Minnesota. Oh man, that's gonna be super exciting at six thirty p.m. So we'll figure we'll figure out something. Everyone, watch this week. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be huge, huge. All right, that's all I've got. What else we got? All right, so... Mavs? Yeah, we can talk about the Mavs here. So, the Mavs. Once again, not a whole lot to report. Um, the draft still hasn't happened. Uh, uh, no no major trades have happened yet, but... Major 
the assistant coach to the Mavs, uh, Stephen uh, Silas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. S I L A S. He has agreed. He has agreed to become the Rockets head coach. So good on him, I guess. It just sucks that you went to Houston. Could have gone anywhere else. You know, you could have. Why would you want to go to Houston? You could have at least stayed within the state of Texas. You know. I know. Like, like, why do you have to leave Texas and go to Houston? So it just, it just makes no sense to me. And then zero sense. Zero right. Uh, the Mavs, are, the Mavs are also shopping any and all players for trades. No one is off limits, except for uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps uh, Porzingis. But really, the Mavs just want yeah. to. They're hoping that, and I think that he will. But they're hoping that Tim Hardaway Jr. hop hops ops in for the final year of his contract which will be this year he hasn't made a decision yet but i'm hoping i'm hoping and mavs nation and the mavericks organization is banking on the fact that he will i don't see why he wouldn't just because this team is very much on the rise um I guess the Mavs might have to promise that he won't be one of the people that'll go on the trade block because why would he decide to opt into a contract that is not going to be with the team that he wants to play for. So who knows? But I honestly think that the big news here is what the Mavs are doing with their court next year. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Oh, the throwback court. I am such a sucker for that old Mavericks, like that green low, that green basketball with the blue M and the cowboy hat on it, I am such a sucker for that logo. I I, I like the uh, I like the new logo that they have now with the basketball and the horse and all that stuff. It makes sense. It would it makes more sense to have that just because of the, like what a Maverick is. But it's nice to have that old like tribute to like the start of their organization. It would make the most sense to have a fighter pilot. No, that would that would that would make even less sense because that movie sucks. It does suck, but that you're dangerous. Terrible. Maverick. No. Your 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 body your body's writing checks that your ass can't cash or whatever he says. I don't know. I've only seen the movie once. Mark Cuban's writing checks that your basketball team can't cash. I guess. I don't I know. Guess. Mark Mark Cuban's got the money, so but yeah, I, but I for, just but for real though, Mark Cuban is probably the be- one of the best owners in all of sports. Dude, I'm telling you, he's great. He's, he's great. Fantastic. I know it's awesome. It's I mean it's and and it's just one of those things that he was an embarrassment for a long time, but now that he's now that he's brought a chance, it's funny whenever you bring championships into an area mm-hmm. where it's like ah the obnoxiousness and all that well, stuff just and, goes out the window. And he doesn't have the same courtside presence. No, he, he doesn't. To, he not like, like he used, running yeah, out on I the know. court. I know. Complaining about refs, and now, now the only time I can think of Mark Cuban making news courtside is when he found, like, he got news on his phone that the the season was shutting down. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So good on Mark Cuban, um, and good good on the Mavericks organization for paying homage to what the Mavs used to be and how things. Because this is their 40th season, I think, is what it is. I'm pretty sure it's their 40th 40th season, and I think that that's why they're doing this little yeah. throwback thing. But I would love for them to just keep that logo. Like I just, I'm just telling you, it's it's kind of like the. I wish that the Dallas Stars would have kept the North Stars logo, just because that logo is and those colors and all that stuff are so iconic. But um, 
But yeah, it, it's going to be great to at least for this season to see that old school Mavericks logo with the green basketball and the M with the hat on it. It's just going to be great. So good on the yeah. Mavs for making that move. That's all I've got. You got anything? Um, nah, I don't really know a whole lot about <laughs> basketball. I, I know, but still, but still. So, do you right. think they have some players that can dunk? All right, moving on to the stars. Do you think they have some players that can dunk? I guess so because the the fucking uh uh the bunch of jerks down in Carolina, they the, like they always do like this thing called the storm surge where they do this big celebration thing at the end of every home game win and it's it one thing that they did was is they brought a hoop onto the ice and one of the players like What kind of hoop? Like a basketball hoop. Oh, I thought you maybe meant hula. They brought a basketball hoop onto the ice, and one of the players dribbled a basketball and jumped up and dunked it. It wasn't sitting at ten feet, obviously, but that got like a lot of that. Like a lot of people in the Carolina Hurricanes organization were like, "Never again with that," because if you do that and you come down, you hurt yourself. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. I, and I don't know. It's a bunch of white guys. Uh, who knows if they can dunk? Isn't, isn't Ben Bishop like six six? He's six seven. Which would be like six. six. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Ben Bishop probably can't even dunk, especially not right now. Well, not with his knees. Not with his knees, man. So the big news for the stars right now is that uh, the report came out today. So once again, it seems like it was the smart decision to wait a day because a lot of things dropped today. Whenever it comes to a lot of the different teams that, that accidentally left unlocked today, <laughs> and we grabbed the money. Uh, Tyler Sagan and Ben Bishop are gonna be out, are gonna be out long term. If the season, it's still not decided yet because there was even a report that came out uh, yesterday that said that the NHL season is actually playing with the idea of having a shortened season. It's a fifty game season, a forty eight game season, something like that. But um, if the league were to start on January first, like everyone thinks it might. Uh-huh. Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan are going to be out long term and they're going to miss the beginning of the season. They say that Ben Bishop uh who had right knee surgery to uh repair a torn meniscus on the 21st of October uh will be out for 5 months and Tyler Sagan uh underwent uh right hip and labrum oh no, labrum. No. And uh labral repair on November 2nd and he's also expected to miss five months so that means that neither one of them will be there until Ben Bishop should return in late March and Sagan will return in early April good thing that they got Anton Hudobin marked down because that means that this is going to be his crease going forward for a little while. But another thing that you said before we even started recording that I didn't even think about is that means that Jake Ottinger is going to be the backup. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to be able to get some starts. Uh, yeah. Like proper starts, not coming in relief whenever Anton Hudobin has like a really bad game or something. He'll he'll, he'll get still his probably get yeah, yeah he'll he'll get like yeah. But I mean, here's hoping that Anton Hudobin doesn't have a whole lot of those going yeah. forward. Oh, like yeah. like you like you you're paying him this money because he he needs to start games and finish them, and I think he will because Hudobin was always the guy to come in whenever Bishop shit the bed. Right. But no one has ever really had to come in and replace Hudobin until these playoffs. Like, whenever Hudobin starts games, he finishes them. And that's the beautiful thing about Anton Hudobin. So, we've got that. 
He's not going home. He is not. Go- he is. He's coming home. So good for him. Uh, and hopefully Jake Ottinger will get maybe two, three, four, f- maybe five starts. But I mean, if he comes back, if he being Ben Bishop comes back late May, five starts isn't asking too much out of Jake Ottinger. Maybe more than that. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, they also, if this cell service will work. They also officially named Rick Bonus the head coach. Yes. So I know that I said last week that he's already dropped the label. It was just reports that I read that they were dropping the label. Nothing was official until this week. So uh, Rick Bonus is now officially the head coach of the Dallas Stars. Yes. Going forward for the time being. And then... Um, I had it pulled up, but then cell service out here is such shit. Now I've got to reset everything. Did you try turning it off and turning it on again? I, I've tried that eight times now. All right, so another thing that has come, and this was this was huge. This was so out of left field. I did not see this coming at all. But the Stars have have signed uh, Julius Honka to a one-year contract. And for those of you who do not know, we were talking about last week whenever it was Garyanov getting his deal and he was a first-round pick under Jim Neal and stuff like that. This is another and, – and I was saying that Jim Neal does not draft well in the first round. This Julius Honka was another one of those players that seemed like he was not going to pan out. Because he was drafted 14th overall the year before they drafted uh, Dennis Gurionov in 2014. And he was seeking trades like crazy. And Honka is a defenseman. So we were talking about also with Trevor Daly last week that it was it's such a shame that goals and um, assists and everything are what define a defenseman. Well, whenever it comes to Julius Honka, he has not really been a big point producer. Like, he went and played in Finland last season. He only had 15 points in 46 games, but he's only 24 years old. And if you break down his defensive play, his defensive play is much better than what his numbers project. So he's not a really big scoring defenseman but he's a great defending defenseman so whenever the stars re-signed Julius Honka it was just so out of nowhere out of left field but they signed him to a one-year two-way contract and the AHL has said that they intend on starting uh their season next year they're they're going to do it late but there will be an a there will be an AHL season next year that's good but here's hoping that Honka gets his chance, that he really does deserve, that he has not gotten. And so I'm hoping that he really gets a chance to come in and flourish and really get to put his stamp on this Rick Bonus-led team where the defenders get more involved in the rush. And I think that that's something that Honka will really, really, truly uh, benefit from. So that was so far out of uh, left field that I did not see that shit coming but there it was, signed it, uh, and 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 what a great signing that is for the stars and good for Jim Nil for getting that done because Honka was wanting he's he was gonna want to be he was wanting to be traded two years ago, and it just nothing panned out from it. So that's why he went to Finland and played. And so maybe the fact that no I know teams wanted him, but Jim Nil was not gonna pull the trigger on it because 
he saw the value in it and he wanted to get more out of it. So hopefully maybe that 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 boat of confidence is going to kind of give him a little bit of a resurgence where Jim Nill was like, well, if we're going to trade you, we're not going to trade you for nothing. Right. So here's hoping that. And then finally, if you have not seen it yet, but the Dallas Stars released their new blackout jerseys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Do those things look amazing. The the neon green that goes around everything. They've got the state of Texas. Like the jerseys, that, if you have not seen it, the jerseys themselves are black. But the numbers and the crest on the front, that it, the crest has the outline of Texas and then the Dallas Stars D kind of off-center on it. Um, and it's all in neon green. And on the collar... Texans will love this the most, but it's got a cannon on it with the star above it, and it says, come and take it. Oh, I didn't notice everyone, that. Everyone knows that's from Texas, knows that flag, and knows the history of it. So, kind of like the uh, Winter Classic jerseys were on the collar, they had the Texas flag. Well, this one is a different kind of Texas flag that they've decided to incorporate into these jerseys. And I think it's beautiful because Winnipeg has a whiteout. They, like it's it's what they've been known for forever, and even whenever they brought back the Winnipeg Jets, whenever they moved the Atlanta Thrashers up there, and they mm-hmm. they and it was the it, they 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 brought back the Winnipeg Jets. They also brought back their whiteout history during the playoffs. Now the Dallas Stars have their blackout. This is like this is how huge this is. This is a tradition that's going to be started now in Texas, where if they're wearing their blackout jerseys. Everyone wear fucking black. Everyone, you want to wear those old jerseys that you love so much that have the black in it? You fucking bring those shits out. You you bring out the uh, you bring out um, yeah you you can bring out the not like the old cup jerseys, but you can also bring before they made the transition to in 2013 to their new victory green jerseys. You can wear those black jerseys, and it's it's such a brilliant marketing scheme by the Dallas Stars and these new jerseys just look so good. They're going to look so great on the ice and it's going to be a new thing that we're going to get started. No more of this who cares bullshit and I know that the Dallas Stars are always going to do that whenever the other team scores and they come out and they announce who scored and then the whole stadium goes, who cares? You know who cares? We care that the other team scores. It's a stupid tradition. And so now this is one of those traditions that's setting up for something great. And you cannot get any worse than the Mooterists. This is their first ever blackout jersey that they're or not blackout, but this is their this is their first alternative jersey that they're bringing back since the Mooterist jerseys. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, just Google it. It just looks awful. And the reason why it's called a Mooterist is because it's 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 a it's a it's a cow's head with horns that go downward instead of upward like typical fucking bull's horns do. And it looks like the shape of a uterus. And it was just a terrible jersey. So th- it's nice to see that this team has come together and really created a good alternative jersey that can really spark a really good, uh, like a really good um, energy out there in the crowd. So I just think yeah. that these new jerseys are great. And if you've got a problem with it, then nothing is going to please you. So I'm sorry that you feel that way. If you don't like the new jerseys, I'm sorry. I don't want you listening to this podcast. 
because you are on the wrong side of history and you will go down in history and be forgotten on the wrong side. Mooderous. We're not going to do college football? Yeah, I know we should. I'm sorry. I know. I was just trying to get past that. <laughs> a little a little premature. You blew your woo. I, I blew my woo. A little little premature woo. That I don't know. Uh, fuck it. All right, so we can talk college football now. That's that's all I have for the stars. Do you have anything? Um, Other than being on the wrong side of history? No. Where did that fucking thing go? You want me to kill it? I don't know where it went. All right, well, there's a spider. I know that was like a that was like a red spider too. He was red. He was very red. I'll be fine. He's probably a Blackhawks fan. Fuck him. All right, so let's talk college football here. What a what a weird. All right, yeah, let's pull up the games. What a weird week of college football for the Big Twelve, but yet. Is there anything else to be expected here? Par for the course. Par for the course whenever it comes to the Big 12. Yes, sir. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, hang on. Hang on. There we go. Still holding. So, week nine. Week nine. Of Big 12 college football. Okay. Um, I don't know why it says week nine because... These teams haven't played nine games. Anyway. But they had bye weeks. Yeah, but still, okay, whatever. They're, they still have four games left, so technically it's week six. It's week nine of the college football season, though. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's go off. Last week, we both predicted Kansas State would win. Yeah both wrong jesus christ i know i both know wrong. like what happened there i know like kansas state lose. was like kansas state was that other team that was not oklahoma state where it's like okay this is the team that's gonna make some noise they didn't just lose they lost big they lost big yeah to west virginia but they, they just lost to fucking Texas Tech the week before. Like, what the hell is going on here? I've, so Kansas State loses I've, to... I, 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 I. You have one child. You know who did it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I didn't watch the game or anything. I just I, I saw that, and I was like, wow, okay. Well, we both started our, our pick tradition. Fucking 0 for 1. Not good. Not um, good. But then we bounced back. Iowa State kick the ever living shit out of Kansas. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, okay. So that was that was to be expected. The, the big the big thing there, the big takeaway is Iowa State gave up 22 points to Kansas. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was it was uh, those points at the end were garbage time points though. It was it wasn't like that they put up 22 on them the whole time. They got 8 points at the end of the fourth quarter there. They scored a touchdown, went for two and got it. So really, they only they only had 14 points. I, not not like technically. But, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's fair. But still, then tell them, tell them about the one where I was right. Tell them, <laughs> tell them. You you picked TCU. Pew, 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 pew. I picked Baylor. Fort Worth. I got your back. I got your back. I never doubted you for a second. Thirty-three to twenty-three. 
You know, I way really to go, just, Horn Frogs. I really just thought Charlie Brewer was going to be the better quarterback, and he was. <laughs> he was not. Yeah, but, that's fine. You can be the better quarterback all day. We'll, we'll we'll take the win. He wasn't better enough. Funky Town showing them how it's done down there in fucking Waco. Then Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. Yeah, technically, see, I, technically we were both. Right we were right, wrong. but we were wrong because we thought it was going to be closer, and it just it just was not. It no. just I did end up watching that game, and it was just embarrassing the whole way. But so, but here we go. There, here was the one where you were right and I was wrong because uh, I thought that Oklahoma State was going to win big, and I mean it was it it was close. Like it was it, that close. was definitely like you could make the argument that that game was the game of the week in all of college football. I mean, you could make that argument. Um, and here's the crazy thing. Texas uh, lost every single major statistic. Yeah, except, except for except for fourth down efficiency uh, and interceptions th- uh, and turnovers. That uh, that was it. Yeah. I mean, turnovers were huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I say turnover. Uh, I say that was it like it was anything. But I... I I said, oh, Spencer Sanders isn't going to have two big games in a row. Uh, well, that was wrong. Uh, he had 400 passing yards. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was the one where I was more wrong. 25 carries, 72 yards. If you're holding Chuba Hubbard to 2.9 yeah. yards a carry... yeah. That's a win, bud. I know, I know, because that's what we were talking about. Like, he was going to be the one guy. Yeah, I know. He was going to be the one guy that was really going to make a difference in this game. And we were not wrong. We were not wrong. He just made a difference because he didn't show up. Yeah. So, um... So what, like, what a weird week. Because, like, like, some teams won that we thought or that we knew were going to win, and then other teams that we knew were going to win fucking lost. And so it's just... But, oh, dude... Uh, Joseph Osai, man, he's flying under the radar because because Texas lost two games in a row, and so people stopped paying attention. But Joseph Osai, good God, good fucking God, God, yes, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> twelve tackles, six of them were solo tackles. Three sacks, a fumble forced, and a fumble recovered. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The man is a beast. He's a beast man. Well, I mean, I'm telling you, you want to... It's like, it's just so hard to... Because, I mean, like, if you look at any other games, there was really no one else that really stood out. Even in that Oklahoma-Texas Tech game, like, there was no, like, I I know that they put up 62 points, but there were several field goals, and, it like, it just kind of came from everywhere. There were rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. No one really stood out in that game. If you really want to kind of, like, break down all the rest of them, like, Texas and Oklahoma State were really the only ones that had players that shined the brightest. And now it's got Texas Tech back in the top twenty-five. So, it, like Texas Tech, I, no Texas. Did Wait. I say Texas Tech? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's got Texas. I'm sorry. 
sticking with the Texas Oklahoma State game. It's, that game itself has Texas, Texas back, back in, in the, the top, top twenty five. Yeah. So, and I know that you texted me earlier and said that you're that you're putting in your call. Yep. Saying that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas are going to go eight and two. Uh, it's so Oklahoma State. Here's here's what I see happening. I think Texas and Oklahoma both run the table and win their next four games and finish the season eight and two. Oklahoma State could possibly lose their game to Oklahoma, which is the one that they have left between those two, and still finish eight and two. But in that scenario, they lose both tiebreakers. And so it would be a Texas and Oklahoma rematch in the Big 12 championship. And I don't think there would be a soul on the face of the earth that would complain about that, especially with how the Red River shootout went, or Red River rivalry, excuse me. The Red River massacre. The Red River fucking slaughter. The Red River... No, I'm not going to say that. No, say it! No. Were you going to use a different word that started with R that has four letters? No. Oh. What were you going to use? I was going to use the Red River Rape. Oh, okay. I was going to say the Red River Trail of Tears. Oh, oh, yeah, yours is worse. Yeah. Yours is worse. <laughs> so much worse. I, I'm bleeping that. Yeah, please do. Don't edit it. Just bleep it. It'll be fine. Context gonna, clues, people. Figure gonna, out what he meant. I was going to say the Red River. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he said. That's yep. exactly what it was. <laughs> Anyway, so that, that'll be a fun big. I I honest, I don't think that anyone would complain about that Big Twelve title game. I think they still would, but why? Like, who else would fucking be like? Like, what other teams would you like to see? Because you could Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Okay, Kansas State and and Iowa State. I would love to see that just because it would be different. But now mm. it doesn't look like that. That's going to be the case because no. if you drop a game that big to West Virginia. Then right. I, I like I like you you you've shot yourself in the foot here. Right. And Iowa State still has to play both of them. They still have to play Oklahoma and Texas. And if they win those games, then if Iowa State wins, yeah, then of sure. course, yeah, sure. yeah, then it'll yeah, like it'll it, like it might sure, be Oklahoma. Like, and if Oklahoma State runs the fucking runs the table, then then it might be Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Yeah. In the, and I wouldn't complain about that either. I, well, the the point being is that I don't unless it's Texas Tech. Kansas, Baylor, or TCU. I don't think that anyone's going to complain about who's in the national uh, national championship game in the Big Twelve championship game. I think that any other team that I didn't you just think, mention, think people wouldn't complain about West Virginia. I think it depends on how the rest of the year goes because West Virginia is showing that they can show up for big games. They just fair. didn't show up yeah, for fair. fucking Texas Tech. That's fair. And you could argue that they did. They just dug themselves into too deep of a hole because. They 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 had to do the comeback against it because they were down like twenty to nothing at one point. And they had to come back and make it twenty to twenty. Oh, they are they are only four and two. I thought they yeah. were four. I thought they were three and three. So yeah. yeah. So I that, so uh, that uh, that's what that's I'm saying. That's another team that can yeah. run the table. And absolutely, go eight and two. absolutely. I mean, and just welcome to welcome to Big Twelve football, fuckers. Like it's just uh, that's just the way that it is. So let's go ahead and transition. Do you have anything else you want to add for this past week? Uh nope. All right, so let's go ahead and go into this week. So now, what what is what is your record? What is my record? Uh, as far as the picks, yeah, as far as the picks, five games. We are each three and two. Yeah, we're each three and two. So we can go ahead and make our picks here. Uh, we'll start with the early game, which is West Virginia and Texas. 
week. Which, oh my gosh. You already know what my call is, though. I know. Like, and you legit think that that's the call? Yeah. And, and here's here's the reason. Man, this this week it's, is kind of it's kind on, of dollared. It's on the road. Yeah. So, or it's it's in Austin. Yeah, that's yeah. West Virginia is zero and two on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of yeah. The. Oh, All right. So you so your pick is Texas. Yeah. Um. My and, pick- and it's and it's. It's because yes. West Virginia did just surprise Kansas State, but that was in West Virginia. This one's in Austin. Uh, Kansas State hasn't been putting up as many points as Texas has. Kansas State's defense has been playing better at times, but Texas has shown that they can generate a lot of turnovers, and I think West Virginia is going to fall prey to those turnovers. And see, my pick is Texas, too. I think Texas takes it. So it's just for everything that you said more. So uh, then we've got two, three, 30 games slated. There's uh, we'll just get the obvious one out of the way, but there's Oklahoma and Kansas nail biter. Yeah, no, it's that that's going to be way too tight to even call. So I don't even know if I want to make a pick. Yeah, it's it's can can it can a game end in a tie? Like, can I pick just a tie? Because I think that that's the only way it's going to end. Yeah, pretty much. All right, okay. So I'm picking a tie, and I'm picking Oklahoma in that one, and I'm picking yes. Oklahoma big. Uh, yeah, I'm picking Oklahoma by. I think I think they're 36 point favorites or 36 and a half point favorites right now. I think they cover. And that's so funny because I said to take Texas Tech against Oklahoma. It's like that's gonna that game's gonna be tighter than you think. But yeah, I think Oklahoma's gonna cover those. 30, I I really do. I think Oklahoma's gonna cover those 36 and a half points. So. Yeah. Um, then here's an interesting one here: Texas Tech and TCU in Fort Worth. Both two win teams. Yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, but but one team plays defense and the other one doesn't. I mean, do you really believe in the the whole cliche of defense wins? We're not even going to say championships here because this these are not two championship teams. But um, are you going to think that defense wins this game over uh, a high-powered offense like in Texas Tech? Uh, well, before I answer that, let me point out a crazy stat. I love crazy this, stats. Going into this game. Not every day. TCU, mm-hmm. <laughs> TCU is 0-2 on the road. But. But. Sorry, not TCU. Texas, Texas Tech, Tech is 0-2 yes. yes. on the road. Yeah. But. TCU is 0-3 at home. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know why I sound... Whoa! Dale! <laughs> Go! Please stop yelling at me! <laughs> Even whenever I don't try to make the sound. But see, but here's the thing, though, is that if you want to talk about rivalries in the Big 12, ever since TCU was brought into the Big 12 back whenever they did their realignment. This has always been a game that you can kind of circle and be like, hey, this is always like a nail-biter. This is always the, – these two it's teams the tend good, to br- – Typically they, a really good offense versus they, a really good defense. They tend to bring out the best in each other, and it's it's it always goes down to the wire. So it's – I mean, and I think nine-and-a-half points uh, – TC or Texas Tech is a nine-and-a-half point 
No, TCU is a nine and a half point favorite, excuse me, over Texas Tech. And even still, like, even if it was the other way around, I would say, mm -mm. like, there's no way. I just think that every single game that they have played since TCU has been brought into the Big 12 has always been competitive. And I think that this game is going to be, I don't think this game is going to be any different. No, yeah, I think it's going to be close. I I, I take TCU though. I take Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is was. I think that they were embarrassed last week by Oklahoma, and I think I think that they're going to want to come out and they're going to want to show that they're even though that they are playing second fiddle, they're not playing like third or fourth fiddle. Like they're 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 coming out and they're showing that it's like, hey, we might be the little brother, but you're like the like TCU. You just got here. You're not doing anything this year. We're gonna be like the bigger brother to you guys. And I think that they're gonna come out and they're really gonna show a lot of heart and passion. I think it's close. I think uh, I think a last second field goal is what decides this game. I think so too. But I think I think TCU uh, TCU. I think that Texas Tech wins this game just barely though. But I think that that's the game. I think that honestly, like seriously, I think that's the game of the week, though, in the Big Twelve is TCU Texas Tech. Not with what's on the line, but like, yeah, like excitement just, factor just and the, all that how stuff. How the game yes. actually goes? Yes, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Texas Tech. They're starting uh, a very inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, I know, I know, um, and it, it, but, but still, like and you, he struggled against Oklahoma's defense. Let's yeah, be but I mean, but Oklahoma's defense is not TCU's defense. That's what I'm saying. TCU's defense is better. He didn't struggle that much. He still threw two touchdown passes on Oklahoma's defense. He, but he also threw, he also threw two picks. Yeah. So. It, it, but I mean, but it's. It, I just think that it, like he's no Alan Bowman. I understand that, but I mean, but he he he's and, a different. Like, he's a I, scrambling kind why, of quarterback. Why is Alan, Alan Bowman not starting? By the way, I they they made the choice. He's not injured or anything. He yeah, got, I know. I th- I I don't know. I I have no idea because I like with Alan Bowman at quarterback, uh, like it's a completely different offense because he's more of a passing kind of quarterback. Yeah, he's more. He's, of a pocket he's, he's a pocket. Yeah, pocket passer and. Um, it's just like I just I to answer your question I have no idea and okay. it it I would like it's worked out because they they won against West Virginia and I don't think if Alan Bowman's starting that quarterback uh, starting at quarterback that game I don't think they win so fair but I I, I know it's just, it's hard to tell it's I, hard to fucking tell right now I still think TCU pulls it out because you've got a really inexperienced quarterback who struggled with Oklahoma and Oklahoma does have one of the weaker defenses in the but, Big 12 this year. But you got a name behind Oklahoma. And you don't have a name behind on TCU. On the other side of the ball, you have an experienced quarterback who's played well this season and and played well enough to win. They should be win they should have won more games than they have. I think so too, but I mean I just uh, but, and it's so funny because I was just like TCU, I got your back. Not this week though. <laughs> Not yeah. this week though. Yeah. But I, I still yeah, I think I think they uh I think TCU pulls it out and I think it's I think Max Duggan has a couple touchdown passes and I think And you know what that I wouldn't even, surprise me either. What is Texas Tech's quarterback's name? I'm looking it up. Hang on. No, don't do that. Sorry. Uh Henry Columbi. Yeah. Yes. He had 227 yards passing. Two touchdowns. I mean, his quarterback rating was 131. Two touchdowns and two interceptions. 
It's those interceptions. I know. I know. But see, but at that time, at that time, because Texas Tech started that game out with a lead. Mm-hmm. They started that game with a lead, and he looked good running that first drive. I know it was a rushing touchdown, but he still he 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 quarterbacked that drive. I know yeah. that that's his job, and I understand that. But you just you understand what I'm saying here. Yeah. So, and I I just think that the name Oklahoma is a lot more intimidating than TCU would be. And he's shown he's sure. shown what he because he started that game as well against West Virginia. Yeah, and you saw what he was he was able to do then. So I know that we've kind of just beaten this into the ground here but it's just i i that's it's, it's but, what but see but we, we disagree but, no i know but we can talk about this game because i think that it, like we you can make an argument either way mm-hmm. and it's that's why i think that this game is going to be really close very tight and um i i think it's going to be exciting to watch so yep. after that we have a 4 p.m game this this game might be under the radar as well two weeks ago we thought this was maybe this was gonna be the championship yeah game i know preview. i know and then they dropped that they they drop they being kansas state dropped that game to west virginia big and oklahoma state and oklahoma state loses to texas in mm-hmm. overtime how many overtimes three one one okay one but it's oklahoma state at kansas state so this this game is a little bit more intriguing and manhattan yeah. is a crazy place too that's that's what it's, it's no, 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 I know. no, 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 I know, no, 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 I know, I know, I know what you mean. I was going to let you finish. I'm sorry. I didn't oh, no, 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 you're fine. I think that's what gets overlooked, though, uh, in the Big 12 specifically, is you have places like weird places to play football games. You know what I mean? Manhattan, Kansas, Ames, freaking Iowa. Like, no, you never. I don't care. I don't care if K State or Iowa are either one or Iowa State or either one very good. Like you don't feel comfortable going into those places to play, you just don't because weird things happen, man. Uh, freaking Bedlam is another one. Oklahoma State, yeah, like that's right. that's another one. Yeah, it's just there's a, for for only having ten teams. There's a lot of places where you go. I don't want to go there. Yeah, I know. It, like there's so many places that I mean, Lubbock is even one of those places too. Yeah, Lubbock like, is another so, one. Crazy, I know. I know. It's just, like the craziest stuff happens there sometimes, and so it's just. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you think of Norman, you think of Austin. Those are those... and I and I mean those are like your typical places, but yeah. really you kind of like you kind of throw a dart at the at a map that is the Big Twelve Conference and you go. Would rather play at our home rather than theirs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you got ba- uh, you got uh, uh, Norman and Austin. Those are your t- traditional like you know good teams. We all know about and, them. And, you know. It's yeah, just, no, yeah. 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 And it's yeah. Of course, it's going to be rough playing in front of their fans. But like you said, like Bedlam, uh, Manhattan, Ames and uh lubbock are all like <laughs> yeah i know dude like, yeah, i'm they telling could, you they could be winless and you go there oklahoma and, and you uh, can drop it oklahoma state's one of those things like they've like one of the one of the traditions that they have at oklahoma state university is that they take those little sticks and they beat them onto the the people on the front rows they sit there and they just beat them on the front of the those little padded areas that uh-huh. go around the stadium and i like a lot of nfl teams this year their fans are starting to do that now where they're beating on the seats that are in front of them and stuff like that and it's i'm not saying that they're copying oklahoma state but oklahoma state's been doing that shit for years mm-hmm. and it's it, i have people that have said that they've gone to like arrowhead this year and they said that the 
fans were beating the seats in front of them, and you could close your eyes and have no idea that the stadium was only at 25% capacity. Like, sitting there just beating on things, like, that shit makes some fucking noise, you know? And so it's just... Do you think, uh, stepping out of the Big 12 for a minute, do you think football fans in general continue to do that when it's at 100%? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, no way. No way. That would be so obnoxious and annoying just because you're beating on a seat of someone that's right in front of you. I mean, if everybody's standing, it doesn't matter. But it, no, see, I think I, it matters. I, 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 I still think saying. it'd be annoying. Like, don't don't saying. hit the back of my seat, man. Well, what's the fucking matter with you? You know, so. I get what you're saying. So, it, but it's just, it's just crazy how s- stuff like that just makes all the difference in the world. And so it's, so getting back to Kansas State or getting back to Oklahoma State at Kansas State, yep. this is going to be one of those interesting matchups because you have Oklahoma State as a twelve-point favorite. Once again, I don't think it, I don't think they blow them out that big. Mm. I think Kansas is ready to come back and show, like, hey, West Virginia was a fucking fluke. And I know that Oklahoma State's going to say the same thing, but they don't have as much to prove as Kansas State does because Oklahoma State lost to a very respectful university. They lost in overtime. Kansas State loses big and they lose to West Virginia. So it just it just seems like that Kansas State's going to be coming in with a bigger chip on their shoulder than Oklahoma State will. And I'm not saying that that's going to like I'm not saying that I'm picking Kansas State, but I'm just saying that that is that is the way that I see it going into the game. I still think Oklahoma State wins. This is in Manhattan. So this is Oklahoma's second game on the road this year. It's only their second. Yeah, I know, game and so I know, I know, and so it, like they're not, they're not, they haven't really been tested on the road per se, but I just still think that Oklahoma State comes out and they're, they're, they're. I think they're more pissed off at their loss because we were talking about last week where it's like Oklahoma State has always been the little brother to Oklahoma and Texas whenever it comes to the Big Twelve, yeah. and I felt like that they weren't going to be. I felt like that this year was the year that they're like no. Not this time. Maybe next year and maybe last year is going to be the case, but not this year. And they come out against Texas and lose. And I think that they come out pissed off more than any other team this week. And I think that they, I think that they really take it to Kansas State. And I think that Oklahoma I mean, State they, wins it. They still control their destiny. All they have to do, yeah, is of course, yeah. If they, uh, I mean, there's ten teams in the Big Twelve. Four of them, if they win out, they're in the championship game. Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas State. Yep. No. Five of them. Yeah. Because I forgot and, about Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is up in the air. I know it is. I know uh, it is. But I, I – It's kind of like the NFC East, just I, not as pathetic. I don't think Oklahoma State covers, but I think they win by – Oh, I don't, I don't think they cover, but I think that they win yeah. by like a touchdown at least. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I think they win by about a touchdown. So – and then the last game is we'll, where we we'll, have to pick the score. We'll pick the score here. We'll yeah. pick the score here. It's Iowa State against Baylor. Mm-hmm. At Iowa State. Yeah, in Ames. In Ames, and the spread is 14 points for Iowa State. Baylor also 0 2 on the road. Yes. So, can we both just agree that Iowa State's going to win this game? Yes. Okay. So the only game that we really have a difference in opinions on this week is Texas Tech TCU. Yes. So that's going to be the only way that we're going to decide like a winner here, I guess, is just by that one. So winner, 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 chicken dinner. And so 
let's see here. All right, yeah, I got it here. So we both pick Iowa State for obvious reasons. What do you think the score is going to be? Do you think that Iowa State covers? I'm looking at their – what's the spread? 14. 14 points. Yeah, I think they yeah, it's not. It's not. it's not like it's 13 and a half or anything. It's 14 on the nose. So Vegas doesn't even have like a real big – they don't have a whole lot of optimism thinking that they're going to win by 13 points or something like that. Like they, they think that it's going to be a blowout and mm-hmm. – there's no point in putting like the half a point spread on there. So, and I think I don't think Vegas is far off. I think that I, if if I had to pick a score, I think that Iowa State wins it. Let's say thirty-one to ten. Okay. Yeah, thirty-one ten Iowa State. I am going to say that Sorry, I'm looking up how many points <laughs> Baylor normally puts up. I don't think it's going to be 31-10. I think it's going to be 35 15 no, not 13. I was about to say. Uh, 35 You 17. made fun of me picking, what was it, 32 last week? Yeah, I think it's going to be 35-17. 35-17? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, you like how we both said, oh, I don't know if they're going to uh, – I didn't even, actually, I didn't even say if, if I thought they were going to cover. And then we both, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. did, we, did yeah, we? you did. You said that you think – you asked what was the spread, and you oh, said yeah, I think, yeah, 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 I think yeah, they'll yeah. cover. Yeah, okay. Then never mind. I, I was like, I couldn't remember – and I was like, oh, we both said they weren't going to cover, and then we both picked, picked them, them to, to cover. cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, we no, we both said we both said that we felt fairly confident that they're going to cover because of the yeah, no okay. half point okay. and all that bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I believe we have some election coverage to watch. So I, I, I think I'm spent on this week. Speaking of cover, speaking of cover, let's go watch some election coverage. And thank God that it's finally behind us. We're probably we're we're probably not gonna know a winner of the presidential election for another month, but at least no one's gonna be bothering us about telling us to go vote and do our part. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Jet, jet flying profile <laughs> Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing jet flying kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun woo